Welcome to the Brand Design Masters podcast, the show dedicated to helping you build the skills you need to design bulletproof brands for yourself, your business, and for the clients and customers you serve. And now, here's Philip. Hi, everybody. I'm here with good friend Chris Ducker of Upreneur. And uh, Chris and I are here at the Social Media Marketing World Conference in 2020 in San Diego, and we are in a public area, so there's a little bit of background noise and people walking around, so forgive us for that. But I wanted to invite him on my new podcast, Brand Design Masters Podcast. When I came out of 20 years of corporate, big agency, big corporate world, I was a deer in the headlights, and I just happened upon Chris and his community right when he was launching it, and he was very much the answer to my prayers. And it's what I was experiencing at the, at the time, the major topic of what I want to talk about today, which is you don't know what you don't know. And I had a lot of experience in marketing, branding, and design, but when I came out into the world of entrepreneurship, I didn't know anything. And Chris knew everything. He was um, welcomed me into the fold and has been very, very influential in my growth and countless other people's growth uh, as entrepreneurs. So I wanted to bring him back on the show. He's been on my brand news interview series on YouTube and welcome Chris Ducker. It's good to be here. I kind of hipped you to the fact that I wanted to talk about something that I saw in one of your YouTube videos. You were going about your day traveling and you were shooting as you were going and you recorded a little segment in the office of your accountant and you were talking about how you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And I thought that that was the greatest quote because so many of us may be accomplished in our careers in one level or another, one area or another, but when we move into entrepreneurship or start to try to establish personal brand presences for ourselves, we suddenly realize there's a lot of stuff we don't know and we may not know what we don't know. Why don't you talk about that a little bit? Well, I think bit. the big thing is just, it's, it all comes really, it comes down to just being self-aware right, in terms of who you are, where you've been, what you've done, what you know, who you want to serve, et cetera, et cetera. And at that particular time, I remember shooting that video, actually, I had about a, had about a 10 minute break in between two meetings. And I had just, I'd been totally schooled in the first meeting. I knew the second meeting was going to be an easier meeting, but I got totally taken back to high school by <laughs> my accountant, my financial advisor at the time. Your math teacher. Yeah, who was basically saying like, you know, like you're doing a lot of things right, but you're also doing this, 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 and this really, really wrong. Mm. And not only can we save money by making some very small changes, but we can actually probably maximize a lot of what you're doing from an investment perspective um, just by making like a handful of very small tweaks. That was when I recorded that video. I said, oh my God, I really don't know what I don't know. Like you can build businesses, you can build a brand, you can make millions, you can affect, you know, tens of thousands of people, et cetera, et cetera. But you don't know what you don't know, right? right. Like, Kobe Bryant was one of the greatest basketball players of all time, period. And I'm a Celtics fan, and I'm saying that anyway, (laughs) right? But I guarantee you there was a whole bunch of subjects that he had no idea about. And being a smart dude, I'd like to think that he would hunt those people down who did know about those things in order to learn from them and do likewise, right? So I just think that great leaders should continue to learn in order to continue to lead. And you should never be so egotistical to think that you know everything, because we don't. How do you recognize when you don't know when you don't oh, know? Oh, you, you know. 
don't don't allow the you know the, the the BS indicator inside of your brain to be drowned out by your own egotistical comments, right? Like right. you know when you're struggling with something, you know you're struggling. Now it's tough for entrepreneurs a lot of the time because we're type A individual. We like to think that we know everything about everything and we don't need any help and we've got it, it's not a problem. We've got it. But the fact of the matter is, that's not true. And there are a ton of people out there that can do a lot of things that we probably struggle with way, way, way better than that. Uh, the difference between the really successful, you know, smart, savvy entrepreneurs and those that maybe don't do so well uh, is that those smarter entrepreneurs are finding people to help them. And you have mentored and tutored a lot of entrepreneurs and yep. uh, personal brand people. In general, are there certain areas where you find that the majority of people have to start learning things they don't know? Are there certain categories of knowledge that are the areas that people generally reach out to first to learn more? There's a couple of things. So the first thing, um, and it's funny how one follows over after another. So the first thing is definitely productivity. I think oh, right. productivity for me is one of those things I get asked about a lot in terms of like, how do I get the most out of my day? How do I structure my day? How do I go about figuring out what priorities to chase down every day, et cetera, et cetera. And then funnily enough, how do I get help to do all that as well? So certainly the delegation side of things, I think productivity and delegation come hand in hand anyway. But again, going back to that type A entrepreneurial mindset of, I can do it quicker myself, or I'm still bootstrapping and I haven't got the money to pay people, I'll do it myself. Like I often say, and I know you love this quote, being a designer, I say that unless you're a graphic designer, you have no right as an entrepreneur being stuck inside of Photoshop trying to design a logo, right? Or a flyer, or a business card, or a website, or anything else for that matter. Unless you're a designer, you, you shouldn't do that. You should get someone else to do it because you're gonna do a bad job anyway, and you're gonna waste time, and time is our most valuable commodity. So I really, I honestly feel like they're the two big things. Productivity, getting the most out of the day, and delegation. And you know, that really leads on to everything else that entrepreneurs have to struggle with, like avoiding burnout or maybe recovering from burnout, um, particularly personal brand entrepreneurs, which are the bulk of the people that I work with today, when they're building a personal brand based around their experience, their expertise, their personality, etc. They kind of feel like they have to be front and center all the time. That's not true. Mm. You build a business based on you and around you, but not reliant on you. And that's the big thing right there. Yeah. The first, I did a survey on my email list, and uh, this was a while back before I did a very deep survey of them. And I asked one question, what are you struggling with the most? And I got 350 responses. That's the goal. I mean, it was amazing. Yeah, that's the golden question right there. And the thing that blew me away was I was expecting, oh, I need to learn more you know, design applications or get better at my design skills, or I need to find more clients, right? right. The number one answer was time management and productivity. I couldn't believe it. I was amazed. And so it is. I think it's that's one of, because we're so time starved and we have so many things competing for our attention, we are being pulled in so many directions. And then you layer on top of that personal branding or entrepreneurship Absolutely. and it just gets crazy complex. Absolutely. Time is everything. Everybody feels like they don't have enough time. Everybody feels like they want more time. And that's what I've been saying for years. You know, my first book, Virtual Freedom, came out in 2014. It's in the tagline, how to buy more time, become more productive. They go hand in hand and build your dream business. Right. You can buy time. It's called delegation. It's called hiring people, right? Yep. But a lot of people don't feel like that's the answer. They feel like the answer is 
I need to do it all myself. I need to just, I just got one more thing to do. Or, uh, you know, I'll just work one more hour. Or I'll just work one more weekend. And what happens? It's inevitable. You'll burn out. So one of the things that people struggle with is that when they feel like they might not be generating as much revenue as they need in order to hire a virtual assistant or in order to hire that help, what do you tell people like that in terms of when they feel like they have to burn the candle at both ends in order to get the revenue coming in to support that thing? What is the, what is the turning point of the decision mechanism that pushes you towards making the investment? Well, I think you have to understand that like, in order to have things that you've never had before, you've got to do things that you've never done before, right? right? So if you want more revenue, if you want more time, if you want more impact, then you've got to do things that will directly attribute to you achieving those things, like hiring the right people, maybe possibly even you know firing certain people if you've already got a team in place and things aren't working out maybe maybe it's just actually just hiring a coach for a couple months to kind of help you figure out how to get over a couple things that you've been struggling with it doesn't matter like it really does come down like if you want things you've never had you've got to do things you've never done it's that simple and so i think it's a i think it's a genuine mindset shift and this is one of the reasons why people struggle with it. But here's the other thing about entrepreneurs. We don't want to admit when we're wrong. And I've been horrifically bad at this in my career. Really? Oh, yeah, terribly. Terribly why, why bad. Why do you think? Now, I haven't for the last seven or eight years or so. I think I've grown more in the last seven or eight years as an entrepreneur than I have done in the 16 years complete that I've, that I've been an entrepreneur. Do you think your success has added to your humility? Sometimes mm, it's the opposite. No, I don't think so, actually. I think, honestly, I've just gotten over myself. I've just literally gotten over myself. Because here's the thing, and I, maybe I'm a little blessed. I've got a great wife who's also a business partner, and she's there, and she helps me from an operational perspective. I'm the sales and marketing guy. She's the operations gal, and we don't step on each other's toes. It is what it is, right? But when your business partner says to you, you know what, Chris, that was a really bad move. I don't think we should have done that. I don't think we should do that again. You might second guess it, but when your wife says it to you, <laughs> when your wife says it to you and you want a quiet life, you just, you suck it up and you're like, yeah, honey, yeah, I know yeah. it was kind of crappy, you know, whatever it is, right? So I think honestly, genuinely, I've just gotten over myself. I've just gotten over myself. So we're here at Social Media Marketing World, which is all about content, doing content for clients or content for yourself and putting that out into the world to get traction. You have been amazing at your content development your podcast, mm. your, your community, teaching other people how to do it. You have recently put a tremendous amount of effort and focus onto video and YouTube yes. now. Yes, yes. Um, and you hadn't previously. You I had know nothing about dabbled it. Dabbled in it. Yeah. And so, but now you're really putting your back into it. Talk about that decision and how you're going about that. Yeah, so really I think the term dumping grounds <laughs> is perfect for the way that I've looked at YouTube over the last decade, literally. Um, there has been spurts over that time where I've got more serious about it, right? Where we've said, oh, we're going to you know, launch a new video every week. And genuinely, there has been times where we've done a video every week for like three, four months. And we do nothing for like a year and a half after. <laughs> or maybe we'll slam a sales video up there and only because we want to Link embed to it. it on our yeah, website right. or whatever, right? So sure. it has. It's been a dumping ground. There's no other term to, to, to use to describe it. However, you know what? Video is going to be the number one form of content served up by the end of 2022. This episode of the Brand Design Masters podcast is sponsored by Bring Your Own Laptop. BYOL.me is a top-tier Adobe application video training website featuring Daniel Scott. 
Daniel's a certified Adobe trainer and keynote speaker at the Adobe Max conference every year. At byol.me forward slash Philip, you can learn everything from the basics to advanced aspects of your favorite Adobe applications, all for one low monthly subscription fee. Visit byol.me forward slash Philip, P-H-I-L-I-P. Again, that's byol.me forward slash Philip. I just know you're going to be amazed at Bring Your Own Laptops courses. 87 uh, odd percent of all search results are going to be directed towards video yep. on Google. Obviously, yep. YouTube is the second largest search engine on the planet, second most visited website on the planet. Um, and, you know, the chances are, regardless of what industry you're in, who you're serving, what product or service or experience you're marketing, with something like 3 billion people looking at YouTube every month or whatever the ridiculous statistic is, yeah. chances are your customers are there. They're hanging out, right? So I think that in order to capitalize on video, and specifically YouTube as a, as a, as a platform, you've got to get serious about it. And the fact of the matter is, I know nothing about it, and I have gotten over myself, and therefore I hire people who do know what they're doing about uh, on, on YouTube, or I speak to people who do understand what it's like to grow a YouTube channel. Um, Sean Kennel from Think Media has become yeah. a good friend um, and, uh, you know, incredible uh, YouTube marketer. Uh, his channel just hit one million drivers. Clearly, he knows what he's doing. Um, and, you know, teaming up with, you know, companies like TubeBuddy, who are working with a lot of research that we're, we're doing and understanding the importance of evergreen content as well as more trending, more relevant, time-sensitive content. Um, and it, I'm not gonna lie, it's hard, man. It's hard. Yes. It really is because <laughs> it really not is. A, I, I clearly have no problems like talking or being in front of a camera, but you know, you've gotta go up, you, you're so good on YouTube. And I've watched your videos, I'm like, you're so concise and I don't know how much editing goes into it. But you're Some. <laughs> just, <laughs> A little bit, <laughs> just a little bit. But you're so concise and you're, 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 the points that you get across on video, like that's what the hook, you know, all that sort of stuff is just totally foreign to me. I've seen it, I know it works, I know how people do it, but I've never really done it before. And now I'm totally immersed in this world. And at the age of 46, I'm learning something new every day on it. Hence the fact, if you don't know what you don't know, you find people that do know exactly. what you don't and know. And you admit that and you don't know it. Yep. That's the thing. Yep. That's it. I mean, the one thing about, and we've heard about it here at the, at the conference, is that because YouTube is the second largest search engine in the world, I cannot stress enough how important that is in terms of your showing up in an organic search. Yeah. And I'll give you a perfect example. I did a video on it. What does a creative director actually do? That's what it's called. Over a period of a couple of years, it got about 100,000 views. I decided to do a search for the word creative director on Google. And the first video that comes up is my video. This is the yeah. crazy thing though. When you search for creative director and then do Google image search, for a period of time, I think it's down the list now, but thumbnail for that video showed up as the number one result for image of creative directors. And then there were like 80 black and white, very pompous pictures of really, really famous creative right. directors. <laughs> and there's you going. And there was me going. <laughs> on your thumbnail. Yeah, on my thumbnail right? doing some like totally cheesy pose, right? But that shows the power of yeah. how those two platforms are so deeply integrated and they can really force you up in the hierarchy of, let me of, ask, of search. Let me ask you this. I'm curious to know. Let let me switch, you know, just switch it on you. Yeah, do it up. The thumbnail, because my daughter is helping me run my, my YouTube channel. She's a millennial, so she gets it much faster than me. My brain is a little slower to kind of engage compared to hers. She says, Dad, we need a pose fest. That's what she calls it. Okay, so then that means I've got to do all these weird poses in front of like a white wall so it's easy to oh, cut me out. Yeah. I find it so 
incredibly uncomfortable to sort of go, it is, it is so uncomfortable. <laughs> you know, and it's just like so fresh. Now you do it right though, because you, you're wearing black all the time. Yeah. Whereas I don't do that. Right. So now I'm, now I'm sort of having to understand, you know, the difference of like different shirts or outfits or ties I wear or something right. like that. It's a pain in the butt. I got a a funny story, though. When I first started doing YouTube and I realized I had to do a little pose fest for myself. There you go. I I put up a black screen in my basement with photo lights. And I was down there by myself with my camera, with my my remote, taking cheesy pointing pictures of myself. Right? Yes. And then cutting them all out and photoshopping them up. So I had an archive of 20 or 30 poses that I could use to plug into my thumbnail. But here's the thing. You have to pay attention to the platform that you're on and speak in the language of the platform that you're on. Mm-hmm. And YouTube has gotten incredibly garish in how in how YouTube thumbnails are being handled now. They have gotten less and less tasteful over mm-hmm. time, I'll put mm-hmm. it that way. Mm-hmm. And to a certain extent, we know that when you're looking for videos, you're scrolling by on a phone and the thumbnail is a half an inch by three yep. quarters of an inch yep. and you've got to pop, your title's got to pop yep. and you have to speak in the language of the platform that you're totally. on. But totally, it's painful. Totally. Yeah, 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 yeah. Especially yeah. for people and I, who and wear I think, ties and vests and, you know, and I, have a yeah. hard time pointing. I think that um, there's a, there's a, there's something to be learnt there, though, because I won't lower my standards. I'm not going to start doing things, for example, with a thumbnail image, right. just to get someone to stop scrolling and click on it. Because yes. the chances are, if I did something that was not me... It's out of brand. Off it's brand. off brand. It's going to be the wrong people to click on it anyway. Absol- it's kind of pointless. Right. Yeah. And that's very true. Yeah. And while, so you, the, while the I adopted most... the pose, yes. I have always stayed as tasteful as I yes. possibly can be with a thumbnail yes. and absolutely consistent. Yes. I, I I have a go I have a go to thumb that like okay dad go this is my go to see so you can you can you can't see the the face but you can see it on video that's my go to <laughs> and then every now and then we it's smiling thinking pointing what are you gonna do <laughs> we're here at social media marketing world yep. let's talk about trends and you are hooked into so many entrepreneurs you know what people are struggling with you know what people are experimenting with we've heard a lot about TikTok we don't have to talk about it but there are <laughs> always don't. I know. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it either. I'm sorry I know I it nothing up. about this platform <laughs> at all, except for the fact that my daughter loves it. That's, yeah. that's all I know. Yeah. yeah. Are you sensing anything trending in terms of what entrepreneurs and personal brands are doing to improve their businesses? Particularly personal brand entrepreneurs, Instagram is huge right now. It has been for a while. It's definitely yeah. been my number one platform of choice when it comes to engaging with my audience. Uh, there's something about the ease of the use of both publishing as well as consuming on Instagram that I really like. Obviously, you've got stories. Now, here's the thing. I, I think just like with any other platform, you've got to go into it with a little bit of strategy, but still be quite relatively loose, right? with with the way that you're executing that strategy. For example, on my grid, on the profile on Instagram, I want to tell stories and I want to I want to drop value bombs and I want to kind of get people thinking about what it is that they're doing. And we use relatively nice photography and things like that, right? So we want to kind of, we're very, when I say we, I mean the team, we really curate what goes up on the grid. With stories, however, I don't want to. Do, I don't want it to be polished. I right. don't want it to be super sexy and slick. I want it to be raw and uncut and like really behind the scenes See, kind yeah, of feeling, right? And people know. I've had people come up to me and say, like, I follow you on Instagram. 
I, I, I know that you don't know who I am because I never comment on your posts and stuff, but I'm consuming all your stories. And I love the fact that you show us the behind, like opening up boxes with your book for the first time or showing yourself walking through the lobby of like the YouTube London offices on the way to a meeting and all this sort of stuff, right? So that's what you get on my stories, but you wouldn't see that on the grid. So I think it's about utilizing the platforms in the different ways based on the tools and the strategies that are available to us to really connect with people. Now, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say, based on the craze of TikTok right now, my prediction, and it's probably already, I mean, I don't have an in by the way, there's no kind of like behind the scenes tour of Instagram for Chris or anything like that, but I believe the next thing we're going to see on Instagram is a TikTok-esque editor via Instagram stories. Mm. Because if you think about it, Zuckerberg has been very vocal about the fact that if I can't acquire, I'm just going to build. And he tried to he tried to buy Snapchat three times. Right. Why? Because of the story element of Snapchat. Right. They didn't sell, so he went ahead and just did it. And a lot better, too. Yeah. Right? So I think that's going to be the next thing where we can stop, start, stop, start, stop, start. Individual little clips all on one clip. And that kind of live editing thing and knowing Facebook and Instagram the way that we do it it'll probably be really really well done yeah, yeah. they've got the they got the bucks to make it happen they sure do yeah Gary Vee has this great quote that says every company is 80% a product and service company and 20% a media company mm-hmm. or it has to be a media mm-hmm. company I talk a lot about the creative economy and how creative professionals designers branding people are perfectly positioned to provide that media that 20% of media that every company now needs. But entrepreneurs and individual personal brands also need to be their own 20% media company. How do you either encourage or teach or advocate for that in the people who are part of the youpreneur? You lead by example. That's what you have to do. I think that, I mean, I've been talking about it for years now. My very good friend, Jay Bear from Convince and Convert many, many years ago. He's been on my podcast probably more times than anybody else, I think. One of the smartest minds in, in our game without a doubt. And he said one time, just dropped it in the middle of a conversation about something completely different. He said to me that every personal brand entrepreneur must adopt a media company mindset or get left behind. And those words have never, here I am quoting him again for the umpteenth time on that very, very important piece of advice because he's 100% right. We have all the tools we need at our fingertips, literally, or our thumb tips most of the time now, to be able to build a powerful, profitable, future-proof business based around our personal brand. More for us if we're not utilizing them. Absolutely. And so I think it's incredibly important to look. And by the way, look at what other people are doing. Get inspiration from other people's strategies and the way that they're executing on those strategies, but don't copy anyone. Come at it with your own angle. Come at it with your originality attached to it. If you're a loud, relatively obnoxious person, then be loud and obnoxious, and you will attract the right people into your ecosystem. If you're a little bit more meek and mild and you're quite calculated in the words that you say and how you say them, do that and you'll attract the right type of people into your ecosystem. Don't do something just because Gary Vaynerchuk does it or Jasmine Starr does it or Philip Van Dusen does it. Like, don't do it just because you follow that person, you like that person and you think that looks cool. Do you. You know, make your own playbook and, and, and run the place. And I think that that feeds right into what I heard on one of your recent videos was about how you need to let people behind that curtain talk. It feeds into what you just said about Instagram, where we have to let people see the true 
authentic us. We have to be vulnerable. Yeah. We have to be transparent yeah. because your favorite P2P, right? People do business with people. Yep. And they want to do business with people. And I think for most people, is the hardest thing to do is to let people see behind the scenes in their lives, in their businesses. Right. Because it is so exposing. It's scary. But here's the thing, man. You don't need to do anything you don't want to do. You can do a certain amount. You can take it to a certain level. If you're happy showing your yourself sitting down in your living room on your sofa and talking about things and stroking your dog at the same time, do that. It doesn't mean that you need to show the outside of your house, for example, right? Like, you've got to be smart with it. Don't get out of your comfort zone. Yes, there's definitely something to be said for that. And the most successful people on the planet are those that do that regularly. But that doesn't mean that you've got to give away the entire farm. Right. Give a cow away or a sheep, but not the whole farm. You understand what I'm saying? Like, just yeah. be comfortable with what you're doing. And that's what makes celebrities crazy because their entire lives are under a microscope. I get it. That makes I get anybody it. crazy. So you wrote a book about a year and a half ago now, yeah. I guess, Rise of the Youpreneur, which yep. I highly recommend anyone getting who hasn't read it. It's a good book. Um, it is a good book. <laughs> True story. Sorry to interrupt. (laughs) True story. So I'm in the middle of recording this audio book. I'm in the booth. I've got the sound engineer through the little window. I've got the headset on and I'm reading through and we've got two sessions of five hours booked, right? On two different days. And I'm in the middle of the first session, literally about a couple hours in. And as I'm reading through, Colin, the sound engineer, I'll never forget the guy's name. He puts his hand up as if to say, it's time to take a break. I got to the end of the chapter. Time to take a break now, Chris. I actually thought to myself internally, as I'm reading my book, this is a really good book. (laughs) It is a really good book. No, because this is what it is. Anybody that's written a book will get this, they'll understand it. You write the book and then it goes into edit and then you kind of approve the book and then it gets published and then you're marketing the book. Chances are, by the time the book comes out, you haven't actually read your book for about six to eight, maybe nine months, right? So here I am now a few months after it comes out. It's been about a year since I've read it through. Yeah. And I'm reading it. I'm literally audible, you know, reading it. It's a really good book. It is a good book. (laughs) It's it's a great book. And I know exactly what you mean. When I do a video, sometimes I will get, you know, I I answer every comment I've ever gotten. And so I will get a comment. And it had to do actually with that creative director. No, it had to do with like how to ace a designer interview. Right. And and I received a lot of views and people were commenting on it. And I was going back and I was like, you know what? I don't even even know what I said in this video. So I went back and watched it. I was like, this is a really good video yeah like there's a lot of value bombs in this if we don't tell ourselves how great we are from time to time no one else is ever going to do it and that is a word to the wise and to people who are struggling do the Stuart smalley sit there look in the mirror and say i'm good enough i'm smart yes. enough and doggone it people like me and yeah. appreciate take a moment and appreciate what you've been doing and the work you've been putting into it and the value you've been putting out into the world whether that's just putting your portfolio up online yep. or sharing inspirational quotes or whatever that is and revel in the fact that you're creating and adding value totally. to the world because it doesn't matter what we're doing or who we're doing it for the world needs it the world particularly if you're a very positive person and believes right. in the people at the very core of a, a good people and they, they want to do good things for other people around them. You have to you have to put that out into the world because it's it can sometimes be a little bit of a messed up place. Let's yeah. put it like that. Well, and here at Social Media Marketing World, there's a lot of rah-rah about social media, but then a lot of people do keep a lot of the pains and tragedy of the world onto social media as distancing ourselves from yeah. each other and we're staring at our phones totally. too much and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But we do have to pay attention to how much it does bring us together and give us communication avenues that we've never had before. To, oh, yeah. to 
find people and influence people that we never would have come in contact with in our lives. I can't tell you how many comments I get from people in India, Pakistan, who see my work and they say, this has just helped me so yeah. much. And yeah. it, or please do your videos in Hindi. <laughs> you know, right, 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 right. Yeah. And it's so motivating. Yeah, totally. I bet that drives you forward oh, every day. Like you wouldn't believe. I got off stage here the other day and within two hours of being off stage, I got a direct message via, I think it was Facebook or Instagram, one of the platforms. And the lady said, um, I've taken action already based on something wow. you said in your session and you've made me $3,700. Within, Damn, within two hours of me getting off the stage. That is awesome. I was like, way to take action. Yes, Good job. Absolutely. Where's my cut? Yeah, and you're like, <laughs> testimonial time, quote unquote. Right. Can I, yeah, can I get a thumbnail of your face, please? <laughs> it, it's motivating, yeah. So, Chris, I know you don't even need to announce this, but where can people find you? ChrisDucker.com. And the most important thing in 2020, my YouTube channel. Go to YouTube and type in the words Chris Ducker. Ducker. Ducker with a D. Do it. He has incredible YouTube content. Thank you, brother. Thanks for talking to me, Chris. Appreciate it. If you'd like to help support the Brand Design Masters podcast, please rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, if you want to stay up to date on all our content, products, courses, and live video shows, head over to philipvandusen.com slash muse and sign up for the Brand Muse newsletter. That's where we share all the latest news, resources, articles, books, and videos that we recommend to help you build and improve your creative practice, personal brand, and business. That's philipvandusen.com slash muse, M-U-S-E. Thanks again for listening. Bye for now.